0: In the time of Reagan, and before the rise of Seagal, Snipes, and Van Damme, there was an age undreamed of. Unto this land came Arnold the Austrian. He was a barbarian, a demigod, a killer robot from the future, and he was destined to wear the crown of Hollywood upon a troubled brow. It is only his
1: chroniclers, Mike Gillis and Casey Doran, can tell you of his legend this is his saga podcasta la Vista baby hey everybody I'm Mike Ellis and
0: I'm Casey Doran
1: and this is episode zero for podcast de la Vista baby our Arnold Schwarzenegger celebration.
0: Yes, we have been, this has been on our back of our heads, in our dreams, really, for such a long time. I think since the first time when we did our Arnold panel, and we both realized how, like giddy schoolboys, we were talking about Arnold movies.
1: And I guess that gets into our question, why Arnold Schwarzenegger? Why is this Austrian bodybuilder turned governor such a cinematic legend why is he somebody that is i guess a universal figure i mean if you you really look at it he's part of everyone's childhood
0: yeah i mean i I mean for me like every arnold movie is like a pilgrimage you know back to a sacred time when the action movies had a formula and they were predictable and they were bankable and you knew what you're gonna get like gut punching explosion air guitar riffing like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Amazing. That's what that's what I feel. That's what that's what I get out of almost every Arnold movie.
1: Yeah, I think that we both share a real love of Arnold Schwarzenegger, but it's a similar love of Arnold Schwarzenegger where it's neither both entirely sincere or entirely ironic. It's like yeah. this mixture that right. we both love it for exactly the purpose for which it was made, but we also love it because it's just fucking absurd. Yeah, there's
0: no way you can take even in a serious movie, even in a Terminator 2, I think would be probably the movie that he did that played played it as straight as possible there are still parts where you that they they exploit the arnold part of him there are jokes that are wrapped around arnold not just using i'll be back not just using catchphrases or creating new ones but um you know having a laugh because oh look he's arnold and he's got the silly voice and he's a huge hulking like man creature you know yeah. like it's still <laughs> it's still fun to watch and you're still used to yes he's a robot but he's also arnold schwarzenegger he's always arnold
1: yeah you can't really disguise him a lot lot of actors, and we've talked about this before, like Gary Oldman, always disappears into a role. Mm-hmm. Not so with Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> I, I can tell, guarantee you that whenever they cast Arnold Schwarzenegger for a script that had already existed, they do some severe rewrites. Sure they do. They, do, <laughs> they turn this into an Arnold movie. Not
0: least of which is the inclusion of I'll Be Back.
1: I'll Be Back <laughs> is in so many of his movies that so we probably have a counter going when this sort of thing comes up. Right. So it's, it's amazing because you don't want Arnold Schwarzenegger to disappear into his roles because he's this figure that is so huge and crazy and he doesn't feel quite real. He's almost like a walking special effect.
0: Yeah, he's but he's also a lovable teddy bear. Yeah. I mean, even when he's the bad guy, you sort of root for him. When I, mean, I think not many not too many people had uh, heard of Arnold before maybe Terminator. And even though Terminator is in Terminator, Arnold is the bad guy. You still are kind of you kind of uh you kind of are impressed by how he's able to just mow through an entire police station full of armed you know, armed cops. You're like, "Oh, of course he's going to kill everyone and I want him to."
1: Yeah, and it's not <laughs> like you feel like There's that little switch in your brain that goes off sometimes when you're watching a movie. You're like, oh, come on, bullshit. There's no way that would work. (laughs) There's no way that guy could do that. And the thing with Arnold is that you never have that moment. So in a movie like, say, Commando, he can find a bad guy in a telephone booth trying to make a phone call, and he can rip that phone booth (laughs) out of the wall and lift it in the air like Donkey Kong. And you don't have that moment that breaks your suspension of disbelief. You just go, well, of course he can. Of course he can dangle a guy by one ankle over a cliff. And it doesn't seem unrealistic because he looks like a He-Man action figure. Mm-hmm.
0: And he's he's often the silliest thing. In, if you don't count twins, yeah. he's often <laughs> he's often the silliest thing in the movie, which is the best part. Because he's going to be the one that does all of the ass kicking. But he's also the one who has to absorb and does so deftly most of the comic relief.
1: Absolutely. And a lot of it, what makes it great is that he's playing it totally straight, but he's doing this absurd sort of action. And I think we've referred to it before as absurd macho bullshit.
0: (laughs) I think that's got to be our tagline.
1: (laughs) It's really what we want to get out of an Arnold movie when we watch it is we want to get a sense of just... Macho, meaty bullshit where a guy picks up a gun that, by all rights should be on a tripod <laughs> and one hand <laughs> fire this thing and kill like 300 people all the while making a bunch of crazy puns.
0: Yeah, and well, and of course he's going he has to survive till the very end. He has to be nigh unstoppable. you know oh, yeah, yeah.
1: He, I mean, he can get cut up a couple places. sure but Arnold never really gets wounded. I mean, right. he gets movie wounded, you know, where you get shot in the shoulder, <laughs> where you're just like, no, no, go on, go on. In real life, you're like, ah, ah, But Arnold doesn't even do that go on, go on, because it doesn't fucking stop him. Right, right. Um, but I'm going to get into a little bit of what our history is with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Casey, where did you first encounter this guy?
0: Yeah, I thought about this in our uh, in our Arnold panel, which I think everyone should go back to Martians dot com and uh, listen to that panel. I think that was the genesis of this. We said a lot that we're going to try not to repeat uh, moving forward in the show, but I think it was the first Terminator. I think uh, it was that um, it was the hunter killer rolling over an ocean of skulls in the future. You know. Um, And then seeing the unstoppable badass Arnold go through. And I can recall that's not the only movie, but that's one of the movies for whom when I was young, I thought I wanted to be a writer and illustrator for Mad Magazine doing movie parodies. And I remember that I attempted but did not complete both an original Terminator parody (laughs) as well as one for Total Recall. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I loved those movies from the very beginning. And it was, I never had cable. So, it was all, this was all a rental store experience for me, you know, like that was, that was how I discovered most of my movies. And he was the king of the rental store.
1: Oh, my God. I mean, Blockbuster Video was still a very new thing when we were younger. Yeah. And I remember that when an Arnold movie would come out, he would dominate an entire rental wall. <laughs> that you'd just see this guy all over the bo- these VHS boxes. And for me, Arnold Schwarzenegger also is a VHS experience mm, growing mm, up mm-hmm. is I don't think I was ever introduced to him at home. Arnold was something I was first introduced to at like sleepovers when like a friend would have a birthday party and then you stay the night and everyone puts on like a VHS movie. This is where my formative years first started (laughs) pumping (laughs) R-rated movies into my brain. Sure. So I first saw like Aliens for the first time at a slumber party. I saw Terminator 1 at a slumber party. And I think the Terminator movies... Especially Terminator 2, which I saw in theaters, Mm -hmm. that was the first place that I saw this guy. And I've kind of moved backwards from there and saw things on cable and other places like Conan the Barbarian, Commando, Predator, all those movies. Because this guy's prolific as shit.
0: Yeah, between the years of, like I think, 82 was when Conan started happening, and by the time you get to... uh... By the time you get to like ninety one, where Terminator Two is, sometimes he's doing two movies in a year. Like yeah. he's just he he is getting. Not all of them are hits. Let's just say that Th- this uh, in this project of ours, we're not just gonna front load all of our uh, all of our favorite movies at the front of this. We're gonna be doing both new and old, both good and bad. Try to keep it mixed up so we don't uh, we don't burn out all of our favorites in the first couple episodes. Um, but you know, in that in that period of ten eleven years, um, he was doing. Sometimes two movies a year, at least a movie every year, and most of them were big box office blowouts.
1: Absolutely. I was actually pretty blown away. Do you know ter- uh, Terminator, the first one, and Conan the Destroyer both came out in the same year? It's, cr- it's crazy. That's crazy. Same thing with Red Sonja and Commando. Yeah. Uh, Predator and The Running Man both came yeah. out in 1987. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I don't know of any other action star... Because these are physically demanding movies right. and he's all over them and he's doing two of them a year.
0: Right. And and, you know, uh, the history of the guy, he was Mr. Olymp- Olympus, right? or Mr. Olympic. So it means he was uh, he probably wasn't the guy in the best shape in the world, but he certainly had the best shape. I guess no he was obviously a very physically fit guy uh that was his profession beforehand, and so while he didn't do his own stunts, and that's clear we're as we're gonna watch these is that Arnold pretty much always has a stunt guy he's not the guy taking the dive on the pavement um he he can run this this guy can move he has the physicality to sell it he isn't he doesn't feel stiff and wooden like a chuck norris does um he he's he seems physical he um he's able to sort of rush his way through scenes or fight his way through scenes and seem realistic in that role as the bruiser meathead unstoppable killing machine you know
1: yeah he doesn't seem slow it's not like hulk hogan or robocop you know you don't get this thing of him lumbering around i mean he's not slow but i mean he's not the sort of jet lee type action hero that we had before the 80s was a different time yeah i mean people were meaty in the 80s (laughs) (laughs) i mean his biggest competition at the time was like sylvester stallone sure I mean, the sort of movies that he was in, this is a muscular, oiled-up dude punching the crap out of other muscular, oiled-up dudes. Frequently
0: naked, actually. That's one thing that I noticed from looking through Arnold is that uh, most of his movies do have a butt shot, at least. At least they got
1: a butt shot. I've probably seen Arnold's ass more than my own. (laughs) Because there is a lot of Arnold ass in his movies, and frequently without a shirt. um, Right. I think that there's at least one scene in every movie where he's naked. I mean, that's the whole point of the Terminator movies. It's just Arnold walking around naked, people (laughs) reacting to him, and then him murdering them (laughs) and taking their clothes. But I think the other big part is catchphrases. I mean, catchphrases really dominate what everyone thinks of when they think of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. The action movie catchphrase, the one-liner that you just toss out after dispatching somebody in a ridiculous way, (laughs) that's what people think of when they think of Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I'm going to say something a little controversial here. Uh Uh-oh. I'm a big fan of the James Bond movies. I'm kind of a new convert to James Bond. But uh, that's also a big thing of the James Bond movies is uh, throwing out a pun uh, when you kill somebody. Like I think it was in Thunderball. He sees a guy sneaking up on him on the beach, and he pulls out the spear gun and hits the guy in the chest. And Sean Connery's like, I think he got the point. (laughs) And it's, yeah, he throws it out there. But here's the controversy. They're pretty, what's the word I'm looking for? They're inconsistent with James Bond. Yeah. That either the delivery is fucking gold And Sean Connery is one of the best guys. I'm going to say it, too. Roger Moore can throw out some cheese. Okay. Yeah. But for the most part, there's a real inconsistency. Sometimes those jokes just fall flat in a Bond movie. Mm -hmm. But Arnold is gold almost every time. I think pound for pound and more consistently... Arnold Schwarzenegger is the best catchphrase guy in action movies. <laughs> that is a bold claim. Yeah, and for the same for the reason why I think
0: is because because he's Arnold, you always are okay with it being with it just retreating into silliness just for a little bit of time. If if it's just to like shoehorn in him saying I'll be back
1: for no reason at all, <laughs> it's weird as that was just a standalone line yeah. in Terminator. Yeah, and it kind of comes down to why his catchphrases may work where they don't for other people. Is his accent makes almost. Everything a catchphrase, uh, yeah. Because
0: he's he's never he's not the type of actor who can you know, uh, you know, do an American accent or he or British accent. You're never gonna see him. Uh, you're never gonna see him trying to dress up like someone who's not a strangely all American but conspicuously, uh, you know, European sounding guy. He's he is he's always going to have the accent. He's always going to sound like Arnold. Um, so you pretty much have to be okay with it, even if his character has an Anglo name like. John Matrix, <laughs> Ben Richards, or Ben Richards. Yes. It's just
1: this combination of uh, of ideas is that you both don't want to disguise him and don't give him some specific Eastern European ethnicity at all, right? Right. But at the same time, you want to sort of make him all American when he clearly isn't. Mm-hmm. And it's funny <laughs> because the action hero nineteen eighties voice sort of became the Arnold accent. Yeah, just like "Don't disturb my friend." He's dead tired. <laughs> And who has not done that accent? Yeah. Everyone has done an impression yeah. of Arnold at some point. Even people who are totally not the chosen demographic for his movies. Sure. They've all seen at least one. Everyone's seen at least one Arnold movie. Right. Right. And it's it's fun because everyone has at least a positive or nostalgic feeling for at least one Arnold movie. They're like, well, you know, I'm not really a fan of action movies, but I really like Kindergarten Cop or sure. I really like Twins or one of his yeah. comedies. I
0: asked my, my wife last night who does not like action movies, and, and she said, I don't think I've seen too many of them. And she'd only seen two. One was Twins and then the other was Kindergarten Cop and she doesn't even she doesn't watch action movies at all so yeah it's i, I think it's if you're an american and if you've grown up in and around that time, throughout the late 80s, 90s, 80s and early 90s, um, you have seen by osmosis, um, at least most of an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie.
1: You know who he is. You've seen a parody of it. I mean, oh, The right, Simpsons had sort of a long running thing with the movie McBain, <laughs> yes. st- starring Rainier Wolf Castle, <laughs> who's the Simpsons version of Arnold. <laughs> and uh, it's the same kind of thing where he's like a cop go- wanting for revenge and, you know, just like... It's just insane. And you know exactly who he's parroting. I mean, there's no question that he's this hulking bodybuilder guy with an Eastern European accent going, all right. (laughs) And you know who he is.
0: Well, the funny thing is that, and this show is going to be spanning his entire career um You know, back from his debut in the late '60s, all the way up until the modern era, because obviously Schwarzenegger is still making movies after he left the California governor's office. He decided, well, hell, I only have one place left to go, and that's back to my old movies. So, you know, we just saw another Terminator movie come out. There is a King of Conan. There is a sequel to Twins called Triplets coming out. I don't know what to think about that. But he's he's there's no shortage of of even upcoming Schwarzenegger
1: movies. And he's actually stretching himself a little bit, too. One of the movies I'm really looking forward to doing on the show was Maggie. Oh, yes. Which was, yeah. I guess, an art film zombie movie. Yeah. That was yeah. actually playing at a bunch of festivals. And he's supposed to be really good in it because he's not being Arnold. I mean- right. You can sort of separate his career into sort of three different categories. There's Arnold movies, things like, say, Commando and Predator, where he's playing Arnold. It doesn't matter what his character's name is. We're all going to probably say during the episode, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Arnold, Arnold, Arnold. Then there's things like The Terminator, where he's playing a character. Right. Where this is him actually doing some acting, aside from sort of being this platonic ideal Arnold, mm-hmm. who's just like <laughs> meaty and punching his way and shooting his way through all sorts of things and throwing out catchphrases. And then there's the comedy movie Arnold.
0: Right. Where right.
1: comedy movie Arnold sometimes has elements of action movie Arnold, because of course his name's on the tin. You're not going to not want to get that catchphrase experience of course even kindergarten cop has catchphrases and one-liners of course and in that one it's more of a funny goofy arnold sometimes he's a naive guy from out of town i think the phrase that we use to describe him in our panel is cousin balky with muscles right
0: (laughs) and i I think i my term i came up for is that sometimes he goes from jock to jocular you know he can do both at the same time
1: and I, I like that about him, that he's not, again, Gary Coleman. He doesn't disappear into it. The movie doesn't want him to disappear into it. We Gary want, Ullman. no.
0: no, Gar- no <laughs> he's certainly never going to be Gary Coleman. Gary Coleman. Coleman.
1: <laughs> Although he did run against Gary
0: Coleman for the governor for governor's oh my race in California. Full circle.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but it's kind of funny, as, speaking of his post-governor time, is that he had the couple years where he was a partisan figure who mm-hmm. was very controversial and it's interesting that coming out of that time as a politician, I've never seen somebody so with both giant meaty arms try to re-embrace the uh, public status that he had before, right. the persona that he had before. That if you have this big scale of what an actor is and how an actor responds to their public and responds to talking about their older movies... sure. That on one end of the spectrum you have Harrison Ford. <laughs> yeah. That if yeah. you have Harrison Ford at Comic Con. No, oh, I'm let me let me correct that. When you drag Harrison <laughs> Ford kicking and screaming to Comic Con and you ask him a question, if you want to see a part of Harrison Ford's soul flake off and die, get in a Q and A line and ask him who would win in a fight between Indiana Jones and Han Solo. <laughs> <laughs> because you just see him do everything in his power to not make his eyes roll and get up and leave. <laughs> <laughs> and, or he just doesn't want to talk about it that acting is a job for him right? you know he's not the biggest fan of necessarily the stuff he is he's good in it but you know Harrison Ford has always been grumpy even <laughs> when Harrison Ford was young that's not a new thing folks Harrison Ford <laughs> has always been like uh, about everything <laughs> So you have him on one end of the scale, and then the other end, you think you have Arnold Schwarzenegger. Right. Where Arnold Schwarzenegger is not only- Or, or a William Shatner, if you will. That's exactly. A, you know, yeah. The new William Shatner, not old William Shatner. Yeah. From yeah. 1990, he was Harrison Ford. <laughs> yes. He demanded to be taken seriously. <laughs> so even in, in the very person of William Shatner, you have this entire spectrum <laughs> <laughs> where modern uh, William Shatner is on the same place as, as Arnold Schwarzenegger. Right, right. Where Arnold is not only willing to do catchphrases for you. He's fucking thrilled to do catchphrases. Right. He actually did a thing on Reddit a while ago. I think it was a a subreddit for physical fitness that he likes to go on and give tips every so often. And on that subreddit, he said, hey, I'm on the set of a movie. I've got some downtime. Tell me what catchphrases you want me to say. And he spent like a couple hours just saying things like, you hit like a vegetarian. (laughs) And, And, you know... You know, hasta la vista, baby. Right, right. And, I mean, it's funny because he just really wants to be that person again. I think he just did a video for Charity that went viral where he went to, like, the Hollywood Wax Museum in the Terminator makeup <laughs> and stood there, <laughs> pretended to be a wax museum. And when people would take pictures of them, he would suddenly talk. <laughs> like, ah!
0: <laughs> Well, I, what occurs to me about Schwarzenegger and him wanting to sort of jump back into the types of characters Uh, and roles that he played sort of in his glory days is there are not there's no shortage of actors who want to do that and i would say his old rival stallone is one of those um But I think everyone actually would prefer that Arnold go back to that, whereas maybe other people are not interested in an old an old movie actor trying to relive their glory days. Maybe that's kind of sad for Arnold. I think everyone just prefers him to be that Arnold and they don't mind the fact that he's probably about 20 years too old to be trying to do (laughs) what he's doing right now. You know, we, we want him to go back into the bosom of the 80s Arnold action movie and to we want to relive that time with him.
1: I think so, and it's funny, and I'm going to say something that'll probably not make Sylvester Stallone very happy. (laughs) I think it'll make him the least happy of anyone that would hear this, but how much more popular would the Expendables movie series be if Arnold was the lead figure? Right, right. I mean, if Stallone was in it, but he'd be like a side character, but if Arnold was the head of this giant nostalgia train coming down the tracks, (laughs) that would be the biggest thing in the world. It would actually be bigger, because when he's not in those movies his absence is so conspicuous sure because he was 80s action he was nostalgic crazy meaty bullshitty actiony movies and for him not to be there it does feel weird
0: yeah and and i think his uh because those were the expendables movies were sort of his gateway back into doing movies when he cameoed in the first one um they try to overuse the overuse the hey arnold's going to come in with a catchphrase reuse an old catchphrase but don't give him really much more presence on screen other than that um so i think they're We'll talk more about this on our episode where we deal with Arnold cameos.
1: Absolutely. Stay tuned. (laughs)
0: Um, But, you know, uh, uh, Arnold would be the better Expendables captain, and it would be because you want Arnold to carry the entire movie, not to just be a punchline in a movie.
1: Exactly. He's the king of this genre of movies. And it feels weird for him to just be a cameo role because he is 80s action, more Mm -hmm. than probably any other figure. Everyone else, even the big people like Stallone, It just never feels quite as big, quite as important if it's not Arnold Schwarzenegger. Right. That he is this figure that even non-action fans, non-Arnold fans, non-sci-fi fans, they all go, oh, of course, that guy. It's kind of like what Hulk Hogan is, professional wrestling. Sure. That people who don't know anything about professional wrestling can tell you who Hulk Hogan is Mm -hmm. and say, that guy was the 1980s. Mm -hmm. (laughs) For action movies, that figure is Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. So, I've, we should probably get into a little bit of what we want to do on this show, of course. So what we're going to do is probably do an episode once every three months. So this yeah, is quarterly, be a, yeah, it's a quarterly yeah. podcast, yeah. and we're going to bring in a different guest, and we're going to go movie by movie, but not in order.
0: Yeah, we, well, that would uh, that would make for a very almost unbearable first six or seven episodes, <laughs> considering uh, it took him it took from a while for him to get his sea legs.
1: Yeah, I think Terminator is when the modern Arnold era really begins. Right. And it was really from that point forward that we have this Arnold who just dominated box offices Mm -hmm. completely through the 80s and the early 90s. And I want to touch on all parts of his career, not just the heyday, not just the movies that everyone expects like Terminator and Predator. Mm -hmm. I want to get into all the weird stuff, including stuff that he did like The Last Stand and other movies that he did when his... I don't know. I wouldn't say that he was toppled from his throne of Hollywood, <laughs> but he sort of abdicated at one point point, right? and has never really reclaimed it. Right. And other people have tried to sit in it for a while, but it's always been a weird fit. I think maybe Dwayne The Rock Johnson is somebody who might be able to do some of what Arnold used to do, sure.
0: I would say Vin Diesel probably held it for a sh- small period of time.
1: Yeah, yeah, action stars have really changed since the 1980s. There mm-hmm. aren't a lot of big muscly guys anymore. Yeah, the 90s sort of changed it up. You know, people like Wesley Snipes, Jean Claude Van Damme, right? Jet Lee, I think Tom the, Cruise. Tom Cruise. Yeah. I mean, the a lot of yeah. the influences were smaller guys who were a lot faster. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's funny how uh, Arnold still. In fact, I think because of the changing demographic of what a male action star looks like, looks even more like a demigod than he did back in the day. <laughs> like when, an Olympian god. Yeah, because yes. everyone yeah. was trying to look like that back yeah. then. So when you watch something like t- Terminator and you're like, Holy shit, that guy is huge. Mm-hmm. When he walks into the Tech Noir, you're <laughs> just like, Holy shit that guy. <laughs> I don't it's like it's it's wonderful. There's a lot of great moments where you're just like his presence just kind of pops off the screen. Right. And he got to the point where it didn't matter. It wasn't an impediment that he had this bizarre accent. It was actually a bonus because he wasn't just this giant hulking guy. He was a giant hulking guy who sounded so interesting and didn't sound like anyone else.
0: And that's going to be a fun thing for us to explore because um, the first movie that Arnold was in, Hercules in New York, his lines all had to be dubbed because his accent was so thick that it could barely be understood. Um, and we're going to be also be scouring through his um, movies in the 70s. And so we're going to try to search for the authentic Arnold 2, the one before he was a megastar and the, one a- the period after he was a megastar too.
1: So we're going to bounce around the timeline and yeah. give you a good variety of stuff because yeah. I think that just hitting all the big ones, and a lot of his big ones came in quick succession. They sure did. So I think jumping around, we're also going to jump around in genres a bit. Mm-hmm. So the first one we're going to do is an action movie, but the second one's going to be a comedy. Right. And we're going to kind of bounce back and forth and up and down the timeline to give you all the different ideas of Arnold. Kind of give this great gestalt being that is <laughs> the Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> filmography. Kind of come together to form sort of a crazy Austrian roided out Voltrons. <laughs> and I I think you can sort of get an idea of why we like this guy so much. And if that's any mission that this, this podcast has it's to make you understand how fucking awesome and crazy and absurd arnold schwarzenegger and his movies are mm-hmm. and how we can know in our brain that that smart intellectual side of our brain that likes to talk about philosophy and <laughs> wants to have discussions about economic theory that we can sort of enjoy him there and not give up every part of our brain. But there's right. that fun you know, lizard part of our brain <laughs> that just kinda wants to see the dummy fall off of the the, the catwalk. The, yes. the catwalk <laughs> after getting machine gunned like fifty times <laughs> and then land and then have him go like have a nice trip <laughs> or something yeah. like that. You want to see a lot of that stuff and that we can enjoy it both exactly in the spirit in which it was made. And also enjoy it because it's just so fucking stupid and wonderful.
0: Right. And I think that's what we're going to do, right? We're going to try to look at the movie as an Arnold movie and also compare it as an action movie at the time as well. Exactly. Or compare it to its genre.
1: Yeah. Let's say, what does this thing stand alone as a movie and where does it stand in the Arnold canon? Yeah. And I think that's probably a good place for us to stop. Sure. We're going to have an episode up like right away. (laughs) So you're going to be able to jump right into this. Our very first episode is going to be The Running Man Oh, my fucking God, I can't wait.
0: Oh, (laughs) yeah. Sensational.
1: (laughs) And I know the one thing that we both decided on, and you might be asking because of the past Arnold episode that we did, where's Commando? We're going to say this to you on the the subject of Commando. We love you, Commando. You're a funny movie. That's why we're going to do you last. (laughs) Well played, Mike. So we'll see you guys on the other side. Okay. Podcast The La Vista Baby is a production of Radio vs. the Martians and is hosted by Mike Gillis and Casey Doran. This podcast is recorded in Tacoma, Washington and edited by Mike Gillis. Our original theme music was written and performed by James Wetzel with opening narration by Dan Lombardo. Special thanks to Sam Mulvey, Rob Kelly, James Wetzel, Paul Rue, and Dan Lombardo. Please take the time to rate and review us on iTunes and Stitcher and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And you can find us online at podcastalavistababy. and radioversusamartians. dot com. So, who are you, man? Shit! I'm the potty pooper.